Support for this podcast comes from CXC Corporate Services, part of CXC Global. They are the leading global advisor on contingent workforce solutions, helping companies reduce cost, mitigate risk, and improve multi-country compliance across their contingent workforces and supply chains. To find out more about how CXC Corporate Services can help you, please visit www.cxccorporateservices.com. That's www.cxccorporateservices.com. CXC, facilitating the future of work. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 56 of the Recruiting Future podcast. We've covered the topic of employee-generated content a couple of times on the podcast now. Most notably, in episode 45, when Chris Ebler talked about the brilliant work the restaurant chain Chili's are doing in this area. For this week's episode, I want to take things to the next level and talk about using employees as brand ambassadors who strategically distribute and amplify employer brand content in targeted talent networks. I've always considered this to be the key to social recruiting success, and my guest this week is certainly someone who shares that view. Craig Fisher is Head of Employer Branding at CA Technologies. I've known Craig for a long time now, He's always been a practitioner operating at the cutting edge of social media, experimenting with different tools and techniques to get tangible recruiting results. His work at CA Technologies is no exception to this, and I know you'll find the interview absolutely fascinating. Enjoy. Hi, Craig, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Matt. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. Um, it's, I think it's a long time since we last spoke, actually. Has been. It's been uh, at least a year. Wow. Time flies. Time flies indeed. Um, could you, for, for people who might not be familiar with you and um, um, the, the work you do, could you, could you sort of talk a little bit about, um, you know, your history, what, what you've done in the past and, and the job you're doing now? You bet. Absolutely. So um, I come from the uh, drug industry originally right out of school. I was a, a drug rep for GlaxoSmithKline, GSK. Uh, then I worked in the hospital selling hospital equipment for a few years before I got um, conned into recruiting physicians for a living. Someone said, you know, you can make more money, travel less. You could, you know, really utilize those relationships you have with hospitals and doctors, a growing field. So I, I tried recruiting doctors and I was hooked. I loved it. And that's how I got into the recruiting industry in 1995 and uh, have been stuck there ever since. That's, that's sort of how it works with most people. Um, but a year later, I was recruiting tech people and the excitement just grew. And I started using uh, technology to my advantage at that time. And I started blogging and I started teaching myself the tools that you need to use to do web development because this was a growing field that we were starting to recruit a lot for. And I noticed that if I could lurk in the chat rooms of the developers I was trying to recruit more as a user than as a recruiter, I could actually gain their trust if I post helpful things there, ask legitimate questions, 
yes, I'm actually trying to teach myself to code, etc., uh, then they would respond to me and refer people to me. And so I became sort of a well-known guy in that community. And every once in a while, oh, and by the way, I'm hiring. Well, it worked. It worked really well. And I became the top recruiter in the United States for a company called Matrix Resources, which is one of the larger uh, regional staffing firms in the country. And uh, from there, I went on to become a director of a larger firm that implemented HR software all over the world. And we staffed all of those projects for uh, all the big accounting firms and their clients. And that's how I really got involved with HR technology and really um, passionate about it, uh, implementing ERP and HR software globally. And, um, and then I started my own firm eventually. Uh, I was very fortunate to, we were one of the, I guess, first companies to um, do everything you can do for a social, for a recruiting firm with free social media tools. And so that was a big hit. Uh, we got some giant contracts with HP and PepsiCo right off the bat because we were just innovating in our approach and able to save our customers money in the process. Um, we documented it and uh, I started a Twitter chat right about that time for recruiters called TalentNet Live. It used to be hashtag TNL. We went back to hashtag TalentNet after some Filipino teens in love group uh, sort of usurped our property there. But <laughs> the, the joys of uh, the joys of social media. Exactly right. Um, and, and I was able to sell that company um, to my business partners about three years later. Uh, and just do sort of the stuff that I'd been doing the whole time, which is teaching companies how to use social tools and be more personal online in their approach to attracting talent. And um, it's worked for me since the 90s, literally. Uh, I started blogging right in 1999, writing about my experiences and really just writing about me and my dogs. So that's where fish dogs came from. And that's my Twitter handle still and my blog. Um, and so now I've, I've just been a consultant uh, in the industry for a few years and am sort of in a permanent role um, as an RPO consultant to CA Technologies. So we're all our entire talent team at CA Technologies, which is one of the largest software companies in the world, is outsourced through Allegis Global Solutions. Uh, and we have about 100 people on staff worldwide at an 11,000-person software company, which is pretty cool. And inside of that, I have a six-person marketing team just for talent acquisition, which is um, pretty unheard of. So I'm getting to really innovate with a big budget and big clients to bounce things off of. And I get to go help uh, some of Allegis's other clients as well. So Allegis has 20 companies like CA that they do work with, including companies like GM and Amex and HSBC. So globally, I'm getting to do some really cool stuff and document it and have having fun doing it. That's great to hear. I mean, I've uh, always been a, a great fan of your work. I mean, we've we've spoken many times. I've seen you present, uh, you know, numerous case studies at, at conferences and unconferences, uh, you know, all around the world. And you know, you're always kind of there on the on the cutting edge, um, putting putting these ideas into practice. And it's always interesting, uh, you know, to, to to kind of hear from your experiences. Um, I suppose what I wanted to talk about uh, on this podcast was um, the whole idea of employee adv advocacy um, in employer branding, which is a bit of a mouthful to say. Um, now, 
we've we've covered this topic sort of two or three times on the podcast. I'm seeing it as a really interesting, um, you know, rising rising area of interest. And um, you uh, sort of published a case study um, uh, a few weeks ago from some of the work you've been doing uh, with CA on employer. Um, employee advo- advocates still can't say it the second time. Um, could you could could you sort of tell us what you what you've been doing, what your what your take on this uh, this whole area is? Yeah, so my take on employer branding from the very beginning has always been about uh, the employees of the company and not just a marketing thing, not just a logo or a fancy mission statement that you post online. That's that's not really your employer brand. The EVP, in my opinion, has to come from the inside out. So you have to really talk to your employees about what's good about your company, be transparent about that, um, agree to work on the things that you need to work on, but highlight the best parts, right? And and get your employees to talk better about those things online. Um, and it's funny, I wrote an article about that in early 2009 for Universum's uh, I think first quarterly print publication. They asked me to write uh, an employer branding article, and so it was entitled "Organic Branding for Employers." And it was exactly this: uh, basically, for better or for worse, your brand is going to be talked about in the world and and online by your employees, and they should be the ones carrying your brand. So, fast forward a few years later, and I'm at a conference, and I get introduced to a platform called Q Social. And it's basically an employee advocacy platform. So now there are dozens of employee ad- advocacy platforms. Hootsuite has their own. Uh, LinkedIn has one. There are several, right? But uh, this one was really tailored very specifically to recruiting. And uh, they focused on the recruitment market. And so for me, uh, I, I told them immediately, and this was when it was still in beta, but I said, yeah, you need to let me play with this. I'm going to break it into a million pieces and send it back with lots of notes. And then I'm going to implement it somewhere big at some point soon. Um, and so a couple of years later, I'm in this position to do that. And that was one of my first missions when I got to CA in 2015 was to literally give us a platform through which our employees could um, talk about things that would attract job candidates. So we have a larger sort of employer brand uh, advocacy, well, just a an employee advocacy platform at CA called Gaggle Amp, um, which is okay. I like it all right. But the marketing team and social media team literally uses this to just promote company news. And I think that's fine. But I prefer uh, sort of a more give-to-ask scenario. So I use this five-to-one give-to-ask ratio whereby you post more helpful things um, that aren't necessarily written by or about you or your company to your audience, right, your network. And you grow your own thought leadership this way and your network becomes more um, involved with what you're doing because you're a helpful resource. And so your network grows and the trust in your network grows and people are more likely to refer things to you. And then every once in a while, oh, by the way, we're hiring or, oh, by the way, check out our white paper or our CEO on the cover of Forbes or whatever. But most of the time, right, 
some personal things about yourself so people get to know you, some helpful third-party resources, great article from Inc. Magazine or Mashable, if you will, uh, maybe some pictures of you and your coworkers uh, having fun at lunch or at a function or giving back to your community. Those are all gives, right, and things that job seekers might be interested in. Um, that third-party content is really key, uh, helpful stuff to help job seekers maybe fix their LinkedIn profile, for instance, or write a better resume, or how to actually interview for a job that you're going to win. Um, these types of things really uh, actually expand your network. And the funny thing is we noticed that we started with 80 champions um, on the Q Social platform that we uh, researched and discovered. Um, their networks don't necessarily completely overlap. They only overlap by about 20%. So when we're sharing these things, we're reaching a whole lot of people that we would never have reached otherwise. And it's not just the same people getting all the same message. So to, to clarify, these, these champions are employees who work in the organization um, and the platform is allowing them to share content with their, with their broader networks. Is that, is that how it works? That's exactly right. So what we do is we fill up the, um, the back end of this platform, the admin side, if you will, with content at the beginning of each week uh, or the end of the previous week. And it's one story a day. And it's mostly stories that are not by or about us. And then, you know, every fifth one or so, sometimes, you know, the averages uh, switch up a little during the week. But over the year, the average is about that five to one ratio. Um, every once in a while, something about the company, right? Something interesting, something attractive. Um, maybe we're hiring agile developers in Raleigh, North Carolina, whatever. Uh, and these messages get out and we realize that they really get clicked and shared. And if it's not all just company stuff, it works better. So that, that ratio of content is really important. And yes, so these champions were not just our talent um, acquisition team. We also focused on some HR business partners and then just some leaders in the organization who would be hiring managers who uh, needed to do a better job of being social. And in terms of the um, the content that you're putting out there, not not the content that's obviously, you know, not the ask, though they were, we're recruiting, um, here are some jobs, but the, um, you know, the, the third-party content, the advice, um, how are you sourcing that? Is, is your team developing it? Is, are you aggregating it from, from, from elsewhere? What, what, what are you finding to be the most effective ways of, of, of doing that? So... Q Social was good enough to um, tee some of this up for us for the first couple of months to get us started while we were uh, implementing the platform and going through training and things like that. And then we developed our own cadence. So I, I have several sort of automated feeds of things that I trust that I want put out on a regular basis. And then I also use um, the Hootsuite app called Suggestions. Um, so suggestions comes right to your iPhone or whatever mobile device you use and gives you suggested articles based on three topics that you select. And so personally, my topics are LinkedIn, apps, and recruiting. And so it gives you the most popular recent stories from what it considers the best 
uh, blogs and publications, and you just swipe right or swipe left to post now or post later. So I take this data, right, and I, I look at my um, my hourly report from Hootsuite every week, and I say, all right, this is the kind of stuff that's really getting a lot of attention, uh, really getting a lot of engagement, shares, and likes. And so I sort of inform what we do there um, from this kind of data, I mean, what people are actually interested in. The great thing about the Suggestions app is it posts things when people are most likely to be <clears throat> online to see it. And so the feedback that I get, I know, is due to the fact that it's all getting pretty good visibility, but now I know which stuff is actually engaged well. So we use that Hootsuite Suggestions app and a number of other um, feeds and streams that we monitor on a regular basis to find cool stuff to put out. That's great. And I'll put a, um, a link to the, the Hootsuite app in the, in the show notes so people can have a look for themselves. What kind of results are you getting from this? What, 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 what's come back? How, how's, it, how's it been working? Yeah, so it's fairly amazing. Um, we've, we've realized um, when we did the case study, we published it after an initial five months of being on the Q social platform. And with 80 champions, we massaged that list a bit, right? So some of the people who weren't using either got multiple, uh, you know, attacks from me in email saying, hi, I've noticed you haven't started using your Q social app yet. Uh, but uh, once we got all the users rolling, we started um, really tracking things. And over five months, our audience increased. I mean, this happened almost overnight, um, 1,019%. So from our owned media channels, which are not small, but right, the CA Careers, uh, Facebook channel, LinkedIn pages, and Twitter channels, um, just by our employees, who probably all have smaller networks, uh, sharing these things, we increased our audience over a thousand percent. We had a 33% boost in post reach, a 68% uh, boost in clicks per article, and a 70% boost in total engagement. And over a year, if we had paid for that, it probably would have cost us around $720,000 in earned media if uh, if we were going to pay for those kind of results, that's uh, that's fairly impressive. Um, yeah. No, that's uh, that that that's fantastic that it's worked so well. Uh, do you have any kind of um, insight into how that engagement has 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 turned into um, you know people that you're talking to about roles or people that people that you've hired? We do. So we know both from uh, candidate tracking and anecdotal evidence that the people who are applying and or getting referred um, are influenced by the content that we're putting out. Uh, We also know that our own employees are seeing more of our jobs uh, from their coworkers on a regular basis that are open and are referring more people as well, which is pretty interesting. Definitely. Um, That's, uh, yeah, some really impressive stats there. What would your advice be for 
um, a company sort of looking at getting started with this with this kind of approach? What what do they need to think of? What do they need to think about? Um, or what do they need to do to make it make it a success? So I'll say that the human element is important. Um, you can't just wind it up and push all your jobs and company news out to a bunch of your employees and expect them to share it without giving them some sort of what's in it for me, right? For them, if it's not going to grow their network, and let's face it, just posting a bunch of company news is not going to grow their network. Give them some content that will help them build thought leadership in their own networks and grow their networks and get referrals for themselves, uh, for their business, whatever it is they do, whether it's recruiting or sales or anything, um, and, and help them be a better member of their online communities. And when you, when you can do that, and that does take some human element on the back end by looking at what's interesting um, to the types of job seekers you're trying to recruit, what might be interesting to those employees' uh, networks, and then actually feeding it into the machine on the back end, um, then you can really sell it to the employees and give them a reason to want to do it. And we get amazing feedback from our entire organization about how well it's working. Uh, but really, the people who are getting to use it right now love it. And, and that's the fun thing for me. And where are you taking it next? What, what are your plans for the sort of next six to, six to 12 months with, with, with this kind of approach? How's, how's it going to evolve? Well, so we wrote this white paper in part to show the greater corporate team what kind of results could be gained. And, you know, we're looking at potentially uh, a trial for a, a greater corporate-wide uh, engagement. So um, fingers crossed on that. We'll see what happens. But um, I've referred Q Social to my partners at Allegis, and they are now in play for several uh, more corporate opportunities. And that number is growing rapidly. So uh, I'm actually on their platform as part of the training that you can do. Um, QSocial is great because it's gamified. And so your employees uh, get badges and things like that. The game originally was everyone wants to beat Craig, which is not possible because my network's too big. But that's part of a fun game. But I'm also on the training um, on the platform to sort of share how to share things better and how to be a better networker and be, be more social and more human about it. So, um, you know, I feel like, uh, I've, I'm invested in the product because I, I know that it works and this has been my methodology all along, get people talking better. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm excited for their success. Final question and probably a slightly more general question. Um, as someone who is always looking for, you know, new techniques and, and new approaches that are going to work practically for the recruitment challenges that you have, what's on your radar at the moment? What, what, what do you think is um, the next big up and coming recruitment technology? So what we're talking about now is definitely first and foremost on my radar. It's the whole employee engagement, uh, you know, marketing, inbound marketing technique. Um, I think that's going to be a, a better way to attract talent than just about anything else. But then you have to be able to do a good job of measuring what happens and then marketing back to those candidates who enter your system, whether it's through a CRM or a candidate community or just a job application, 
how do you find those folks and, and retarget them on a regular basis with, you know, quality content? And, um, you know, tools like Clinch, I think, are, are really great. You can really quickly on the fly create landing pages that uh, are fit for very specific types of people. And they do a very good job of tracking the source of influence for those candidates that come into the system. They can also track sort of what managers do with candidates you send to the managers through that system. You can actually see on a heat map if that manager is even looking at the candidate uh, very much. And so you get some real good internal feedback there as well. Um, so I like uh, tools like Clinch that are very lightweight and will let you uh, develop internal and external marketing uh, very quickly and track it well. I think the one of the key things you said there is is, is quality content. I think that you know that's uh, that's such a massive area of focus. Um, you know, the, to 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 make these kind of tools work. Craig, thank you very much for talking to me. Matt, you're very welcome, and I I appreciate you having me. My thanks to Craig Fisher. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or via the podcasting app of your choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can also find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.